Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode number 109. Just last week, Ryan and I came on and jumped on and talked about the Kings kind of as we're finishing off this season. Having a good conversation about that. You can find that episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What is going on? So, uh, yeah, been a been a uh, kind of a busy week. You know, I, I hit that uh, that Pelicans game the other night. Um, the pregame atmosphere was really cool. Um, you know, they had music playing outside and, uh, you know, just a, a better atmosphere and, um, you know, shout out Ziggy's I'm, I'm rocking the new, uh, the Ziggy's, uh, new merch, uh, fresh hats. Um, they got the Richardson trucker hat. So very good quality. Um, but yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's only been a week, but it feels like I haven't been on here forever. So really looking forward to this and, uh, tonight, no beer crack, everybody. Um, uh, I don't have any beer. Um, I'm drinking a Jack and Coke, um, tastes terrible. I hate this stuff. It's the only alcohol I had in my house. So, uh, you know, always got to hold it down for the Kings cast. So there you go. Um, all right. Hey, I wanted to do something, maybe something to start off new. Cause you know, I've, I've had this like trivia episode. If you've been listening for a while, every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, I got this trivia. episode. I've had this, I've had this trivia episode on the back burner for like all season, but we ended up deciding we'll just do it in the off season when we need to do a fun episode. Um, but I did want to bring in the trivia, Ryan, just because there's this, there's these videos going on, on social media, people trying to do, uh, guessing, you know, guessing a player. So I wanted to do a little quiz for you, obscure NBA player, random NBA player. Um, I'm going to throw you a couple hints and let's see if you can guess it in a reasonable amount of time. All right. So let's see. Um, so this player, all right, he was drafted by the Vancouver Grizzlies, but he was traded around on draft night. He ended up on the Indiana Pacers, okay, from 2001 to 2009, where he averaged eight points a game. That was my first set of clues. See if you can get it off that. Whoa. 2001 to 2000 win? 2009. Indiana Pacers, he averaged eight points a game. Let's see if you can get it off that set of clues. Oh, man. Take a shot in the dark, dude, because you're not even telling me about position. That's hard. I don't... Um. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. Yeah, you can just guess one. I'll give you more clues if you don't get it wrong. <laughs> the first name that came to my head was Austin Crozier. <laughs> Austin Crozier. <Hey, laughs> the Ford. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're, you're going to have to tell me. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me college. Uh, you know, you get. come on, man. Okay. If you that's, want us college, it's not going to help you at all. Position. Position. Okay. I'll tell position. you a position because you'll get it right away. Point guard. 
uh, uh, Jamal Tinsley. Yeah, Jamal Tinsley. There you go. Yeah, Jamal, right. Jamal Tinsley. Yeah, I, I was, you, you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, dude, he's not going to do. The first name that came to my head, you know, uh, when you said Indiana Pacers, and I was thinking that those times I was like, all right, cool, Ron Artest. Ron Artest wasn't drafted by Vancouver, and then it went to Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal was, was drafted by Portland. And then it went to like randoms. I'm like Jamal Tinsley, 01 to 09. See, I, I didn't think Jamal Tinsley played till 09. I was thinking Jamal Tinsley was more like 06, 07 ish. Uh, but he he did pop to my head. So I was like, all right, Eric's fucking with me. Who did we used to play with on NBA Live? And that's where the Austin Crozier, you know, he always had that three point. You put him in next to Jamal, next to, next to Jermaine O'Neal with that SWAT hand. So uh, Jamal Tinsley, this is solid. Where do you go to college at? Let me. Uh, uh, no, you're not going. You're, you're not going to get it. it it's it, he went to uh, to Iowa State. So I was going to say I, I I had a I, I knew it was a red team in my head. I I, I was going to say Arkansas. That, yeah, that's tough. Get, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know I th- I knew you get that one once I threw out point guard. That's why I kind of led you with it. But yeah. you know we 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 you and I are big. Uh, we're we're big on on the sports trivia, especially 2000s NBA basketball. You know, nine late 90s, 2000s is where we grew up, so we know that. I, I wanted to bring in uh, the Indiana Pacers. Does this something? That was a chatter on Kingsland this week. Before we get into some Kings talk, Ryan, I just wanted to break it in just because there's some shit on my mind. So um, I think Casey or somebody, do you see that that thing about Draymond Green being a Hall? There's like a debate if, if he's a Hall of Famer or not. This, he's, have you seen he, this? He's, he, he's not. Yes, I, I have seen it. And he's fucking yeah. not. Sorry. But yeah. Well, and so my thing is, is like, he's going he's gonna to get in the Hall of he's, Fame. Yes, right? he, is. he is. You agree yeah. with me? Like, he's going to get he, in the he, Hall yes. of Fame just because. Yes. Just yes. because of everything, but I don't, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And so there was like a big debate on Kingsland. You know, the one thing I hate, I hate, so I don't, I, I'm kind of actually starting to hate sports debates with people because when you disagree with someone, all of a sudden now, you know what the term these like Gen Z kids throw out? Oh, you're a casual. What? I'm a, I'm a casual dude. Like I'm old. I'm, I'm not old, but I'm not that young. You know what I mean? And I've been watching the NBA for like legitimately for 25 years, <laughs> like I'm not a casual, right? It's just, it's just, I kind of just disagree, right? Like Draymond Green, I was, you know, people it's just, I said, he's the most overrated player of all time. And there's a couple overrated players out there in Kings too. Maybe we can talk about that after this, but the most, Oh, I think Draymond Green is the most overrated player of all time. He's always been like the fourth best player in all the good teams that he played on. He doesn't average double digits in any category. And then people talk about, oh, he's one of the greatest defenders of all time. You know, he's only a one-time, um, you know, he's only a one-time defensive player of the year, right? Yeah. Four-time All-Star. Um, you, you know, no all-NBA first teams. I, at no point was I ever like, oh, he's, you know, one of the top players. Was so he, I got, go ahead. Did he, any, any like NBA second teams? Um, I don't know. I can pull it up. I think it's all like defensive stuff, but it's not, you know, I, I look at it and it's like, a lot of guys had one, you know, one defensive player of the year, right? It doesn't mean that they're automatically in the Hall of Fame. I just think he's so he's been so overridden. Like, and, and it was always oh, his playmaking ability. Really, is he really playmaking? He's got playing with the best backcourt of all time. You know, I, I don't know. And I threw out this comparison out there because we, you know, talking about the Pacers, I said the, uh, you know, Jermaine O'Neal is a six-time All Star. Jermaine O'Neal is a six-time All Star and is not in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying one way or the other, but there, there 2004 Jermaine O'Neal was as good as anybody in basketball. Um, Rasheed yeah. Wallace, I think is a f- 
four-time all-star and a champion as well he's he's not in the hall of fame you know and there's a there's a kind of a lot of guys like that that ben, was kind like, of you, you look you, you look at like a guy like ben wallace who who led the nba and rebounds multiple times i, I want to say he's a three or four time defensive player of the year just got in you just got in this just got in this past year and it's like that's that's a guy who was the anchor of a championship team. He, you know, there was a case that he was probably the best player on that team, you know? And, uh, well, I always thought Rasheed Wallace was the best player on, on that Pistons team, but I, Rasheed Wallace is just, there's, the, yeah. there's, there's, there's a case. There's a case to be made that Ben Wallace was the best player on those Pistons teams. Ben Wallace, a- four time, four time defensive player of the year, four time all-star, um, five time, all defensive first team and the thing about ben wallace too is he rebounded ben wallace led the rebounds and it led the nba rebounds two times led the nba led the nba in blocks and it's just like we'll go down as like elite of elite and to be honest with you well i i'm kind of saying this because ben wallace you, you know this but people know this. ben wallace is my favorite player Eric's, in the history of nba yeah, yeah, nba yeah. He's my favorite that's player. A, of all. That's why we that that's why we know all these Ben Wallace hey, stats. Yeah, you know, I, Eric Eric's been on that. Where, where'd he go? Virginia Union. You know, yeah. that's the college. You know, like we we've been on that Ben Wallace. Eric's favorite player since my favorite player of all time. And really, yeah. Ben Wallace probably should have. You could argue like he could have won the all def, uh, defense or sorry defensive player of the year the year run our test won it. It was kind of like very yeah. very questionable. He'd won it so many times, I think. But the point mm-hmm. is, is like. I think it gets lost and it gets lost in with the dream on green discussion just because he played on such legendary teams, but mm-hmm. I just don't think at one at any time, any I've ever thought, Oh, he's one of the top players. He's never an MVP consideration. He's never, he's just never been like yeah. that level. Well, and there's, you, you brought up a good point too, that you said he's always been the fourth best player on the championship team. And that's true. They're the early on warriors teams. People forget. Andre Godal is the one who won the, the MVP of the finals that first time around. Right. And then, you know, Iggy, Steph and clay, and then Draymond. And then when KD came, he was the fourth best player. And that's, that's completely true. You know? Um, so it's not saying that Draymond, this is the thing. People are going to take it as like always, Oh, they're just haters. It's not saying Draymond's a bad player, but there's, you, you know, you people get, you know, this, this, you know, thing in their head. And then it's just like, well, he's a three-time champion. Uh, yeah, but his other accolades and the numbers at the end of his career are not going to speak for themselves. Like you're, you're going to look at his numbers at the end of his career and it's going to be like seven, six and five, dude. Like there's a real chance if he plays, you know, another like seven years, five, seven years to where he plays, his numbers are going to be bad. And, uh, you know, people, people lose sight of that, man. It, it's kind of a, you know, they just look at this legendary run that the Warriors have been on for the last eight years and, and they just automatically, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, if, you know, I, the thing about the basketball hall of fame is it takes, it takes basketball totality, right? So like you could have been great in college, right. And make the basketball hall of fame. You could have been a contributor and, and make the basketball hall of fame. You know, uh, there's a case to be made, you know, he was really good at Michigan state and, you know, there, there's a case to be made that, you know, he could maybe get in. Right. But he's going to get in as a first ballot hall of famer dude like that's the thing about draymond is, is, is that's what's going to happen is he's going to get in as a first ballot hall of famer and i think that's just absolutely fucking ridiculous you know and uh you know eric eric's you know i i know he was a second round pick but he was he was a second round pick because he was undersized for a big man and couldn't do all these things but he was a really good play i want to say he was player of the year in college if i'm not mistaken yeah well big 10 player of the year 
I think, which is, you know, um, you know, yeah, not just Sean, but I just wanted to have that discussion because it was it, 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 it probably seems like an out of the blue topic, but it was like a really big discussion online this week. So I was like, I wanted to bring it to the podcast and talk about it with you. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and, and one of the, the points as well is, is that the Golden State Warriors teams, they did have to cover his ass if you with Andrew Bogut for oh, uh, those early years, too. And really, I think his size and everything. The only reason he was able to be on the court even like that, I would say, is because the, the NBA game changed. I, you, you know, like, and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson literally changed the NBA, making it to where centers didn't really need to be on the court and weren't impactful within a matter of a couple of years. And so, I don't know. I, I always push back on that. But at the end of the day, I do recognize he's probably going to get in just because of the overhype. Hey, let's let's transition right into the most over. I remember a couple of years ago, we did like the most overrated Kings players. We did like a list. And yeah, so it's it, yeah, it's easy. I think I, I remember who we had number one. And this is going yeah, to stir up a bunch of feathers right now. I know. I just want to do this to piss some people off. Um, but we we Ryan and I believe that Jason Williams is, is the uh, most overrated uh, king of all time by and- fucking far. And let me, let me go in far. on this. Yeah, let, let me go in on this real quick. And, and okay, eleven points. All right, during his time in Sacramento, he's only there three seasons. Okay, he played two hundred and eight games. Okay, two hundred and eight games in Sacramento. Jason Williams played eleven points, five and a half assists, one and a half rebounds. He was. Oh, is that correct? Thirty-eight percent from the field. Okay, and like thirty-one percent or thirty percent from the three-point line. Okay. Like <laughs> really, you know, and, 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 but this is, this is where people get it mixed up is, is he was so flashy and it was when Sacramento was becoming this, you know, greatest show on court. And he, you know, the things he did, a lot of people never seen. And let's be honest, part of his, uh, you know, part of people being intrigued with Jason Williams was because he's white. Like, let's be real, right? Like, you know, part that's part that has a big thing to do with Jason Williams, like whole persona. It was like this is this white guy, this six foot one white guy who's doing all this crazy stuff with the ball. But at the end of the day, the guy averaged eleven points and five and a half assists, and he was traded, and the team got better when he left. And that's one thing that people are like, you know, people always like, oh, Bibby, Jason Williams over Bibby all day. Really, really, because. I'm pretty sure once uh, Mike Bibby came here, the team took off and was the best team in the NBA for a few years, you know? So um, there's, it's just the whole thing about Jason Williams. It's like, you, you know, and, and it's not to say, and it's another one. I like Jason Williams. I watch his highlights all the time, dude, the passes and shit, you know, the greatest crossover of all time was when he, when he gave the little stutter against Gary Payton and blew by Gary Payton and Gary Payton stucks his, sticks his foot out and turns around like, holy shit, what just happened? Right? Like I have his Jersey. I have the black old Kings, Jason Williams Jersey, because it was kind of, you know, it was an iconic time uh, in Sacramento history. He was culturally, uh, he was flashy. He was fun to watch, but don't let that mistake, you know, don't, don't make the mistake of being flashy for he was really good and, he put up all these amazing stats because he fucking did, dude. The stats were, you know, I you go look at him, dude. I I, I dare you to bring up Bano Udre stats in Sacramento, who they probably played about the same amount of seasons, same amount of games, and you bring up Jason Williams, okay, and tell me whose stats were better. And I, I'm telling you right now, I guarantee you Bano Udre's stats are better. I bet you he averages more points. 
the assists might be close. He probably averages more rebounds and he's probably more efficient. So when you put things into perspective like that and you look at the statistical output, it's like, yeah, you know, he was flashy and all, but his statistical output was not there. He's not one of the, the greatest kings of all time. Like you, if I was putting together a 15-man roster of greatest Sacramento kings, Jason Williams is getting left off the roster. Like that's just – at the end of the day, that's he's, – he's not going to be on the roster. You know, Mike Bibby was better. De'Aaron Fox was better. You know, if you want to go back to the old school days, you know, Nate Archibald was better. Oscar Robertson, you know, there's, there's a, you know, honestly, Rajon Rondo in his one year here, you know, 82 games, better stats. I would, I would probably take Rajon Rondo in a Kings jersey over Jason Williams in Kings jersey. People are, oh, you're crazy, but it's true. You know, it's true. So uh, that's going to piss some people off. It is going to piss some people off. That's why I wanted to bring it up because it's been a while since we've talked about it. And if you walk around the arena, I mean, they really brand Jason Williams. It's, 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 I would say it's the most popular jersey it is. In, in the Golden One Center. And, um, and I, have it. People, I have it. I have yeah. it. It's a great jersey, dude. It's awesome looking. The black one is that's iconic, dude. A lot of people, they don't want to admit it, but he's most, he is the most overrated player. And so, uh, you know, one of the reasons this was on my mind was because there was on, uh, on Kingsland this week, there was a, you know, maybe it was put out by the Kings or maybe it was put out by somebody like to name your top five Sacramento era, you know, Kings. To me, I think it's easy, actually. If you're, if you're going purely off talent, mine, okay, is De'Aaron Fox, Mitch Richmond, Peja Stojakovic, Chris Webber, DeMarcus Cousins. I just think that's like no brainer. But a lot of people, you know, I, I think that, and if I had the, my my six man alternate, probably Ron, probably Ron Artest or Mike Bibby, I guess, right? Because Mike Bibby was that guy. But um, a lot of people are getting, you know, I, you see that, and and a lot of people just they they totally, I think they totally identify the Kings with like their entire fandom of the sport is literally based on like the two thousand to two thousand four Kings, and you know, and so they just are so invested and emotionally tied to that. And that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of like the the thing that's going on right now that is such a this is what this is this week, Ryan, the Kings, obviously, you know, that 16 years without making a playoffs, which makes him well, uh, that makes it like the worst ever. But it's like something you've been saying in American sports. It makes them the worst run franchise in American sports. And when you're on a 16 year drought like this, um. I'm going to give a little credit to Tony from Cap City. He's been put out a lot of good graphics. You know, and he put the one out there that basically the Kings have had eight winning seasons um, the entire time they've been in Sacramento. Rick Adelman was the coach for all of them. It was just that little little stretch. Um, you know, it's, when you go 16 consecutive years, that, that's like, that's all, it's a long time. I mean, we're, you know, I'm in my 30s now and I was, that would, I think it puts me, I was probably, I don't know, sophomore in high school or something. The last time the Kings made the playoffs, that's insane. I mean, that's absolutely insane. So I don't really, I guess I don't really blame people for the whole clamoring to the little bit of a success that the the Kings had. So I don't fault people for that at all. You know, I am just glad that, you know, I've, I'm a fan of the NBA and like you're a fan of the NBA as a whole. We've been following it really closely outside of that. But man, so many people 
um, so many people like they just really follow the Kings and that's mostly it. And, it, and it's crazy. It's just fucking bullshit that this franchise again this year, you know, just, you know, limp dicks their way to the fucking finish line for the third year in a row. Like literally limp dicked it in here. Can't even finish the season off giving a bullshit ass fucking product in a year where really like the playing game is attainable again. And look at, I didn't come on to really like take, take apart the Kings entire season. Do you know what I mean? Because we've kind of done that. We have more time to do that. But to me, it's just kind of ridiculous that the, I, I it's alarming is mostly my point. It's fucking alarming. Like you got to try, you, you got to try, you, you couldn't even do this if you tried, actually. You couldn't even do this if you fucking tried. I think that if you literally paid someone to be like, hey, don't make the fucking playoffs for 16 years. Like, I think you could, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how you could do that. And it's a fucking travesty. You know, this week they put out a, you know, thank you, fans, last home game. Thank you, sixth man. Right. And you have people can't wait till next season. It's like, you got these people suckered. Dude, you don't tell us thank you. You should say we're fucking sorry. You know? Yeah, and you you, you want to talk about six man. This is dude, Sacramento's dead last in ticket sales this year. Dead last. Okay. I you know, I came on here. Everybody knows I'm a tick, I'm a season ticket holder. Okay. I got a letter in the mail, okay, two weeks ago. My ticket prices went down fourteen hundred dollars for next season. Fourteen hundred dollars. That then that's because Sacramento, I, you know, we had a hard time. There was a lot of times I gave tickets away for here. Here's two tickets, lower level for 20, 20 bucks. People here, here, you know, I gave them to people. I, I was giving them away, you know, cause I was like, it's, it's such a shit product, dude. It was so bad. So, uh, yeah, if you brought up a good, you have to try to be this bad. You, you have to try to be this bad. It's, it's embarrassing. Um, but you're, you're right on the head. Thank you. Yeah. We were there the other night. They had Davion Mitchell, you know, Thank you guys. We're going to work hard in the off season, come back better than ever. Fuck dude. We've been, you guys have been saying that since I was in sixth grade, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day when I saw the Kings hadn't made the playoffs in 16 years. Okay. In that 16 years, I, uh, I, I was in the military for almost seven years. Right. I, uh, I got married. I had a kid. Uh, I graduated college. Uh, I went through high school. I graduated eighth grade. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like looking at all this stuff. I'm like, holy shit. I was thinking about everything that, you know, last time Sacramento made the playoffs, dude, I think I was in sixth grade. That's so fucking bad, dude. I'm like 30 years old, you know, like 29. That's so bad. It's, it's absolutely horrible, man. And, and, uh, that's why I've been saying, you know, that's why I've made the point, you know, everybody hates on the players and everybody talks shit and, you know, they blame, you know, like with the, with the whole Bagley and Buddy thing. I don't want to bring them up again, but people are like, look at, they're just being, you know, no, they're just realizing, you know, they're just speaking out and everyone's given the benefit of the doubt to the worst fan franchise in American sports. I've, I've been taking the player side all these years because I'm like, look, the proof's in the pudding, man. Sacramento's horribly ran. It's horrible. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? They lowered those ticket sales prices by $1,400. I'll be back. Well, people... I think this year of all years really kind of broke people. Um, and it was evident in, in the, it was reflected, I guess, in the ticket sales. And then for the fact of, of that they did that really shows like, oh, fuck, right? This is why for the last couple of years, Ryan, I, I've been on this actually for a while, but 
the whole tanking thing, I never was ever, ever fucking ever about. And a lot of us, we just can't. We have no more, you know, you know, you know, when someone's just fucking drugged out and like you got to hit rock they got you gotta let them hit rock bottom man you know what i mean it's like we there's no more rock bottom like we're at the rock bottom dude there's no more to go we're, there's no more rock bottom we need to start making it and and i remember a bunch of years ago when they had the bagley pick that it was early on before that i remember telling you and you can you can attest this i said because when jimmy butler was going through the shoot i can't remember if it was the timberwolves or with the sixers I'm like dude just trade that pick for is right and they got darren fox I'm like trade that pick for jimmy butler and, and and anytime we talk about hashtag TTP trade to pick, Ryan, anytime we talk about trading this player for this player, a young player for whatever, or whatever the case, right? What does everybody always say? Oh, well, we don't want to mortgage our future. Mortgage your future? What the fuck's your future? Your future for the last every year for the last 16 years has been fucking bullshit. It's been, it's been you know, destitute. What is it? Destitute is just, just screwed. Just nothing. How about, how about you, you? Yeah. And you've always brought up a good point about that. I remember talking about this last year and you were like, how about we try the one thing that we've never done? Trade the lottery pick for a fucking star. It's the one thing we've never done. We've, we've tried drafting different positions. We've tried, you know, we've tried the best player available method. Shit don't fucking work, bro. They've, they've fucked it up so many times. And, uh, you know, it's just, dude, God, yeah, you, you did. You did. And that's one of the big things that I've, you know, I've looked back as, Jimmy Butler wins games, dude. You know, Minnesota had us beat for the longest playoff drought, okay? They they had us beat the one year Jimmy Butler's there. Those fuckers make the playoffs. Well, look who look <laughs> who's look who's the number 1 seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Look who look who's been to the NBA Finals, you know, it's all yeah. Jim, so I, I get I get that's what you're thinking. It's like I'm mean, this isn't a Jimmy Butler rant, but it's anytime you say anything like that, it's always we don't want to mortgage our future. You know, it's it's the inferiority complex. This is what this is the problem. And this is why we do Kings cast, right? Is because this losing bullshit, this worst franchise ever has twisted and the minds of fans to illogical dorks. That's what a lot of the fan base has become. Not all of you appreciate you listening. Not trying to shit on you. If, they, if you feel like I'm attacking you, I'm not doing that. But it's these it's KHTK. How many times can you go on there? You know, sometimes I think about it and I go, man, they they have a tough job because they have to go on and talk about the worst franchise of all fucking time. But they can't really they don't ever really go all in because they have to toe the line, you know, and then I think, nah, fuck them, because if I were on there, I'd, I'd say it. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd say it. But, it, you know, it, tw- it twists the takes. And, it, and the problem is there's not a lot of media out there. So you have like the dorks at King's Herald. Like half those guys are Gen Z anyway. So like they never saw anything winning. They were just little kids like, like, oh, I fucking love the Kings. And then now they write about it, you know, and want to make it big time. But they don't know what they're talking about. They've twisted everybody's takes. They've twisted everything. The entire narrative around the Kings is just weird and losery and just fucking stupid. You know, no one, no one. No one knows what they're talking about. No one knows what they're doing. Everyone's afraid all the time to ever make a move. You you have you have you know Bogdanovich, and it's like oh, oh we, we we don't want to we we oh. and, and and they never want to trade him. Remember, they never want to trade him at the deadline. Just fucking trade him. And like, no, we don't want to. We don't want. To. Everyone's just scared to do it. We don't want to do this. We don't want to trade this player. We don't want to trade Tyrus Halliburton. You know that's why I said Monty Big Balls McNair is the first time ever in like the last you know, 16 years 
who someone finally someone was just like, no, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be aggressive. And that's the thing is people are just stuck in the hope land because that's all they've ever had is hope. So they're just comfort. They find comfort in rooting for a team to find hope for instead of just being aggressive and going get it. And you're going to hear it a lot because you can hear all the nerds out there, Ryan, this time with their mock drafts. Oh, draft this guy out of Duke and draft this guy out of here. And he, he, he has, he couldn't develop into spacing the floor like this. No, trade the pick, you know, trade the pick. But it's hard. It's hard. The last couple of years, they haven't done it. You know, I, I don't know, man. I was listening to Colin Coward today. And he was talking about that, I think, with like Rick Buecher or something. And they were talking about like it used to be he said something, you know, and this is one thing we saw on the show. So I bring it up. It used to be you could draft a, a Patrick Ewing or, you know, a player, a player of that caliber. And they can kind of come in and alter the franchise quickly. You're drafting kids now. You're drafting kids. And really, if you really want to cite it, okay, when he talks about the first second overall picks people like to cite a couple different examples as oh they turn the franchise around but really i think it's more of a correlation than the causation like uh, we talked about it before the john Morant situation yeah john Morant's turned that franchise around but they also have a really good team and it's kind of an outlier but like carl anthony towns you know he's had pretty good teams around him he hasn't really turned it he hasn't really turned it around over there you know what's up with zion you know there's a lot of young players out there that just it's hard. Even the top, top guys, even the top, top guys, if anything with the, with the Lakers like this year, LeBron James has one of his best offensive years and maybe his best off, you know, one of them, I guess, of all uh, of his career. Then can make the it just shows you have to have a good quality team around a player. And so thinking you're just going to draft this little, that's like Chet Holmgren. He's cool. I like him. Maybe he'll be, but dude, he's rail fucking thin. You want to bank on that? You know, I'd rather just get some, some beefy non-vegan player to come into Sacramento and get after it. Yeah, just off the top of my head, you start talking about one and two overall picks that have completely flamed out, uh, you know, or didn't live up to the hype, right? Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Hashim Tabit, uh, Marvin Bagley. Um, you know, like you you talked about it, right? Carnley Towns been to the playoffs once. It was the year with Jimmy Butler. Obviously, he's getting in there this year, but he also has another number one pick in Anthony Edwards and a number two overall pick in D'Angelo Russell now on his squad. Um, yeah, Lonzo Ball, um, Brandon Ingram, right? Wasn't Brandon Ingram the number two overall pick? Um, fuck, I, that's <laughs> just named off a shit ton of guys. You know what I mean? Guys that guys that were you know, number one, number two overall picks that couldn't miss, right? Like you were told, hey, these guys can't miss. I remember listening to people talk about Andrew Riggins and Jabari Parker, and they were saying they Andrew Riggins is the best prospect since LeBron James, right? Like people were talking about, hey, these two guys are can't miss fucking guys. And look what happened, right? They, it's such a hit. And you you brought it up right, you know? You, you know, these guys that are young and they're just kids. Wasn't Michael Kidd Gilchrist a number two overall pick? Right. Like wasn't Michael Kidd Gilchrist was drafted number two overall. That guy's not even the NBA anymore. And he's not even fucking 30. You know what I mean? So you start bringing up these guys like, dude, it's absolutely, you know, like it's just it's so frustrating, dude. All these people are like, oh, we, we got to We got to take the pick. And it's like, dude, more times than not, these guys fail, you know, like more times than not. The number one or number two picks have failed lately. And it's like. You know, trade. You're right, dude. Trade the fucking pick, dude. Like a lot of people, and I'm not advocating for this. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but a lot of people have bring, been bringing up the Donovan Mitchell situation, okay? And people are like, "Hey, Harrison Barnes, 
you know, Holmes and the pick, what are, you know, whatever you want to do to make money work, right? Harrison Barnes, the Holmes and the pick for Donovan Mitchell. Okay. And people, I've seen people like, no, no. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, the guy's a, a 24 year old freaking all-star two guard who averages like 20 something, you know, it's North of 25 points per game in his playoff career, you know, 25 points per game in the seat. And, and you're, you're going to fucking say, no, that's the mindset right there. It's like, dude, it's ridiculous, dude. Go get you a bona fide fucking star, man. Well, and the, yeah, people, and that's, what's going to happen this year too, is that if, if, if a, if a trade like that becomes available and it re- would require Davion Mitchell to go get, you know, Donovan Mitchell. And so Davion first pick Barnes, People are going to no, no, because of the potential of Davion Mitchell. Just like it was the potential. Remember the potential of Tyrese Halberton. Great, man. Tyrese Halberton, like, it's going to be cool, whatever, dude. But it's like you're banking on the potential of one guy. You got to put together a good team. And that's been the problem for the Kings the last couple of years. I think the Kings have had the right. They've had players in place to, you know, they had players in place. In their in, a, in key position, they had Aaron Fox. Say what you want, Buddy Hield. Okay, you have Rashawn Holmes. Everyone loved. You have Harrison Barnes. You have you have some guys. It's, it's about it's about your team in totality, which has been the theme, I guess, for a while now. Um, and you just got to kind of fill and round out the roster. So this whole thing that one, it's a it's like the savior complex. Like there's going to be one savior that's going to come in and completely turn it around, and then. You know what a take that's also skewed too, Ryan, is everybody needs to be the same fucking age on the team for it to work now all of a sudden. That's all. They need to be on the same developmental timeline. Dude, that's, that's overanalyzing. Like now that's a little bit, you can have that take when you're comparing two players. Like you just to kind of project out what the future is going to look like. Like, oh, Sabonis and Fox, like, you know, right. They, they're going to be at this point, at, the same, at these points in the age of their career. Okay, great. But like, no, that doesn't work because it's not on the same developmental timeline. Like, so we're not going to make that trade. So we need to have everybody the same age. We need to have everybody, you know, developing together. And we've talked about this before, right? Where they're all just going to just, you know, at one time they're going to hit peak development. And all of a sudden we're going to go on a crack. A perfect storm is going to occur. And, and it's a lot of falseness out there. I think a lot of, as I think people don't realize the whole, like what it's going to take to, be decent and that's what you know because people haven't seen a decent team and really just you got to just have good players and stop relying on rookies pretty much like this have good players have a high level all-star player have cap flexibility and kind of like you can and that's you know what that is ryan that's accidentally fucking making it <laughs> that's accidentally making yeah. it dude. that's what that yeah. is yeah yeah and the well, never, it's the, amazing they've never been able to do that they've never fucking been able to do that this whole time. well it's just embarrassing dude it's embarrassing that they can't even make the play in right like it's fucking embarrassing you can't even make the play in like really you know i know what are we in the third year of the play in you know if you want to count the bubble and all that you know they like you can't get in come on man I find it extremely alarming that, you know, they won 39 games three years ago and have gotten worse every season by a huge margin. That's alarming to me. You know, it is. So, again, a worst-ran franchise in American sports, and, you know, it, 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 it frustrates me when I see on Kingsland every single day people talking and bringing up Bagley or people bringing up Buddy Heald or bringing up these guys that that played on the team in the past and and they're taking sides with with the kings 
you know, I see a lot of people hate on DeMarcus Cousins. You know, yeah, guy's probably a fucking asshole. I don't know. I'm not in the fucking locker room with him, right? But guy put out stats, you know, and you and you want to take sides with the worst-ran franchise in American sports. That's where it's always just puzzled me. I'm like, what, what are you guys talking about? You know, what? where do you guys get off taking the side of the Sacramento Kings? You know, and a lot of, because a lot of, there's a, there's a narrative in Sacramento where guys are like, man, it, it's like all these players we let go, they go somewhere else and they flourish. Yeah. Cause they were on the worst ran franchise in American sports, dude. That's what fucking happens when talented players go somewhere else and they actually have coaching and they're actually put in a position to succeed. You know, uh, it's, it's fucking, dude. I, or I just, they, when, when they go on good teams, when they go on good teams, this kind of oh, thing. I was no, like, no, it's just, just get off Sacramento. <laughs> hey, just get off Sacramento. Your life will be better. It's true. It's happened everywhere. Your life will be better. The only people who have loved Sacramento, okay, are the guys who were here when the team was winning, okay, and guys who were here when, you know, their their minutes and uh, playing time, you know, all that stuff was boosted because they were on an inferior team. Right, like guys who come here, you know, guys who came here to get like Beno Udre. I bet you he would Marcus die. Thornton, I, Marcus Thornton, Carl Landry, John Salmon, you know, John. Yeah, guys who came here and had career years because they Rashawn were Holmes. talents. Yeah, guy Rashawn Holmes. They come here and they rode the bench for other teams, and they come to Sacramento and they have a fucking role. When you know, guys who are given a bigger role than they should. That's those are the people who love Sacramento. You know, yeah. those guys are right there love Sacramento. Well, that's 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 it. That's that's the Kings franchise is like me- mediocre franchise that ele- they elevate players up a ring or two, you know. That's what they do, and that's so. One thing I'm going to say, Ryan, is that I'm a I'm afraid, as always, as the year comes to an end, when we're playing menial- meaningless basketball, when key players are hurt, and you have guys that start to put out some stats. Okay, now I want to throw a couple. I want to take a look at a couple of guys here and I want you to kind of decide if it's like, what, what do they call it? Uh, you know, you're in or kind of out on, right? So what, yep. what, ha- what happens is, is guys are eating up minutes. I remember, remember a couple, remember a bunch of years ago when, when they traded um, cousins, like Willie Cauley Stein, all of a sudden just like took it up a notch. Right, Willie, and then Willie Cauley Stein's first game without Demarcus Cousins was like twenty something and like fifteen. And, and remember the takes; it was always Kings won, and the takes were always like, "Oh, you know, Willie's finally going to get a chance to flourish. He's finally going to get a chance to flourish." And then it was Scout. Remember Scout Labissier hitting some mid range shots. Oh, Scout's got the real potential, man. If he could just, you know, whatever, whatever, right? And so. um that happens every year when you're a bad team, when you limp a dick to the finish line and you're playing bench guys, guys are going to get stats. So um, first guy, you know, Davion Mitchell, where do you think, where do you think? I mean, I think he's good. I, yeah, he's, he's good. good. He's, he's good. He's good. But let's put this into perspective. Okay. Let's put it. In pers- I, I think Davion Mitchell can, you know, I'm one of the few people I'm like, I think Davion Mitchell can play with De'Aaron Fox. Um, I, I think they're. I think Davion Mitchell is, um, you know, I, I think he could be a starter in the NBA. Um, I, I really like him. He's really talented, you know. But I've seen this is where people are mistaken, you know. Carmichael Dave. I don't listen to. I don't listen to this, right? I don't listen to to Carmichael Dave. But there's somebody put on 
on Kingsland that Carmichael Dave was advocating for Davion Mitchell to start at the point. Of course. Get get the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, Davion Mitchell, good player. I'm in. I'm in. Keep the guy on the roster unless you can move him for, you know, as he part of a package for an all-star. So, yeah, I, with Davion Mitchell real quick, because uh, I'm sure we'll break him down once the season's done, done. But, um, you know, I, I you had your up and downs with him throughout the year, admittedly. You did. You know, you got frustrated. And, and I yeah, get it. Yeah. You, you get frustrated because he was yeah. jacking up shots a lot. Like, Yep. Yep. And for, for me, the, King, for, the Kings were the Kings, the Kings were in it. They were when they were still in the playoff race, he was jacking up fucking deep ass threes with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. It was fucking ridiculous. But he was a rookie and he's grown. And he's gotten better since then. Yeah, he's so athletic. From night one, I was actually really excited about him. And for, for me, I just kind of accepted what he was. And I kind of expected this like takeoff to happen a little bit, but he's really taking the next level. So I, I I'm with you. It's not a bust. He's not a bust. And and at, at worst, he's going to be a really key six man. Okay. The next guy. All right. I want to take this one first. Okay. It's going to be, it's Damian Jones. All right. And here's the thing. I shitted on him when people, because you know, a lot of people there play him, play him. I was like, I was shitting on him. Showed a little flash when we, when we went to that Portland game and we talked about it where we, we bet, uh, um, what's his name? Um, yeah, use of Nurkic use to hit Nurkic. the rebounds, and he he hit the over like in the first quarter, and they tried a bunch of combinations, and Damian Jones finally came in and kind of slowed him down. I remember like, okay, he's fucking huge. Um, I think that he's here's what I'll say: the Kings have a bunch of centers on their roster. They've had a bunch of them the last couple of years, dude. Damian Jones is he's. I think there's a place for him on the Kings. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a starter. I think if the Kings wanted to go big, maybe they can play him next to Sabonis at times, but I think there's a place for him on the roster. I'm not going to be like starter, cornerstone, but I, I like him. At, he's emerged to me and probably to a lot of people as the standout guy. Honestly, even over even over Rashawn Holmes, because Rashawn Holmes just, just doesn't do it for me. He just, he just doesn't at this point. Um, I don't really care about Rashawn Holmes at this point. Um, Damian, Jones, Damian Jones is huge. He's athletic. Um, he's very athletic and he's very large. So I think he's real, but not hype. I think he's right where he is. He's just a solid backup uh, center. What do you think? Yeah, he's he's a he's your third or fourth big man on your roster. Third That's or it. fourth? Third or fourth big man on your roster. That's it. That's it. You know, next well, he, year they, you know, next year they clearly need to upgrade the power forward position, right? So you go Sabonis, whoever they 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 upgraded the power forward position. And then there's, you know, he could fill in at, you know, the backup center. Right. You know? So we both feel the same way. Yeah, he, he's the backup center, you know, 15 to 17 minutes a night. That's it. You know, I'm not buying into, you know, people, you know, he's been 20 and 13 or something like that over the last few games. Yeah, great. Great. He's playing 35 minutes a night and he's getting his fucking looks. Kings aren't fucking winning, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can get a guy like that for – super cheap right you know alex len probably won't be on the roster you know so you, you bring back damian jones he's 25 you know he plays good minutes he plays hard and like you said he's big as shit yeah so even over so even over you know metu um and even over everyone loves uh Kata, and i'm like no 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 he's out of leg dude i don't know if that dude yeah, knows Kata, how to play basketball Kata. everything every time i've seen it i don't think he's an nba player yeah, that guy sucks 
Um, so I'm not even going to bring him up in, in his in this one. Okay, another one I want to drop, Ryan, is Trey Lyles. You think Trey Lyles? Well, you know, because Damian Jones is a was a free agent. Like uh, that's why you know there's going to be there's going to have to be a decision on it. But Trey Lyles, you like Trey Lyles on the roster? Do you like him as a starter? What do you like? Yeah, I, I love Trey Lyles off the bench. I love Trey Lyles off the bench because he's a scorer, man. He's a guy, you know, he's a guy that can come off the bench, you know, seventh, you know, he's obviously Davion, you know, Davion Mitchell's uh, uh, the sixth man, but he, he's a guy, he could be a first big off the bench, right? He's the power forward that can come in and he can score. Uh, you know, he can, he can hit knock down the three. Uh, he's, He's extremely slow and not that athletic, but he's fucking crafty, dude. And he gets to the bucket. He gets a shot. Um, and he's decent size. So I'm, I'm a big fan, man. That was one that I was like, dude, and he, I, I believe he's on the team option. Trey Lyles is going to be back on the roster next year, and he's going to get minutes. You know, he's he's going to get 18 to 20 minutes a night. And, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, man. You always need you, – you can never go wrong with big men who can put the ball on the floor and can score, dude. That's, that's, he's, he's a valuable piece. The last one that I, I'm going to bring up for us to talk about, because here's what I'm going to say. I'm dismissing Justin Holiday. I don't care. Um, Josh yeah. Jackson, don't care. Metu. Don't care. I like Metu for what, whatever. Like, I, I don't hate Metu, but I, it's like, I, it's, I don't care either way. You let's, know? <laughs> let's, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's put Metu in perspective real quick. Okay. It, the, guy, the guy got a ton of minutes. He was the guy that they were like, all right, let's see what he can do. Right, because he is athletic. He's got a defensive offensive game. I'll tell you what, man. I was sitting, you know, shout out Gus, owner of Ziggy's. You know, I'm sitting at the game the other day and Metu comes in. I told him I was I fucking hate Metu. And he's like, Why? Guy shoots way too many threes and he's inefficient and he don't pass the ball. Watch every time Metu gets the ball, he ain't passing. And it's just, it, it, that's what it is, dude. And it drives me fucking nuts. And with the emergence and, and addition of Trey Lyles, dude, Metu just became obsolete, dude. It, it, he, he I, I'll be. I'll be shocked if he has a role next year. He had that. He had that buzzer beater. That was one of the cool moments. One of the few cool moments this year. He hit some threes. Like I said, he, he's whatever, dude. But it's not one of these. See, that's the thing is when people start. When you start breaking down the roster like this, and this is why I want to bring it up as we get to the end of the season. That people start thinking about this. People are like, oh, yeah, I love that guy. I love that guy. I love that guy. And all of a sudden, you love you love a shitty team, <laughs> right? Yeah, you love you love the whole roster. <laughs> you yeah, love the whole I, roster. I, I, it's it's just a shitty team. So like, you can't really do that. So as you kind of go through the exercise, I'd want to you know this is where we think a lot of these guys are just bench and bench rotational players. The last guy is is uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Look it, I think that. The Kings clearly wanted him. They've tried. They tried to get him two times, and they got him the second time. So far, I'm not really. He hasn't really made the impact I think like people thought. He hasn't shot as well as people would hoped, um, and really hasn't really got the starting minutes like people thought he would. So I think that one's a questionable one for me. I think the Kings will look to upgrade the two guard position. Honestly. If the Kings were able to somehow land a shooting guard in the offseason and have a DiVincenzo and a Davion Mitchell off the bench, I think that's that's a that's a good situation. That's that's a very good situation. If if, if they're gonna have to rely on DiVincenzo to start, well, they better compensate in other areas for me. So for him, it's a very questionable situation on the roster. I don't, you know, I don't hate it. But 
it needs to be done right if he's going to come in and because this whole this whole thing it just didn't it, it didn't play out the way I thought they would with him. He's a really well, well people people need to realize about Dante DiVincenzo is people thought he was going to come in and 15 points like 14 15 points a game. The guy's a defender and he's a rebounder. Okay, like he he the guy crashes the boards, he does the dirty work. Um I I think DiVincenzo is going to be back on the roster next year. They've tried to go get him. You know, they have to resign him, but he's going to get resigned. Um, but for DiVincenzo, man, I, I, he's not a starting two guard in the NBA. He's not. The guy, the guy is not a starting two guard, and all these people wishful thinking and hoping that he's going to be, he's not. Uh, you know, it's not like he's a lockdown defender, and he's not an elite three-point shooter. You know, you have to be able to, you have to bring something to the table, right? You know, if you're shooting 40 north of 40% from the three point line on five attempts a night, four attempts a night, then yeah, you're bringing something to the table. Teams have to respect you. Um, if you're a lockdown defender, like a, you know, back in the a throwback Tony Allen, right? People have you bringing a role to the team, a serious, you're bringing an elite quality. He just does everything okay, right? He's an okay three point shooter. He's an an okay to plus defender. He's a plus rebounder, right? At the two guard, but at the end of the day, that it's not moving the needle. So it, like you said, if you can have a, a Mitchell and DiVincenzo backup as your backcourt, that's phenomenal, man. That's the makings of a, of going in the right direction towards a playoff team. Well, and the, and, and the reason he, you know, he's able to, I guess, start games and walkie and do that. It's like, they have a, such a great team around him. If you look at Milwaukee right now, Grayson Allen starts on that team because they're so solid everywhere else. And so that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if he is going to start, they really would have to compensate in a lot of other areas to where they would. And I, the, you know, it's going to be very difficult for the Kings to turn over the roster to that level where he's going to have to be that key piece. Um, so that's what, as, yeah, that one's an interesting, an interesting, I think that kind of breaks down the whole roster. So overall, I mean, there's some there's some optimism of it's it's different than years past. We're just like get rid of fucking everybody. You know, you've said before, get rid of everybody but Fox. That's kind of been our take last couple off seasons, right? Everyone's tradable, but Fox don't really care. There's a couple guys here, like yeah, dude, they 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 serve some type of rotational role. But man, I'm just waiting for the overhype. And I guess as the season closes out and as the off season gets here, Ryan, I'm curious to see what the Kings fans hype these guys to, to see who's going to be the next, you know, key player in the Kings rotation that doesn't need to be and and, and be overvalued, I guess. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's recap this. Okay. Damian Jones. I think he has a role in the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on the team next year. Okay. Like, like, let's put this in perspective. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on the team. Okay. Uh, DiVincenzo is going to be back. Donovan Mitchell. Excuse me, Davion Mitchell's going to be back. Trey Lyles, team option for like two million, he's going to be back. Um, outside of that, right, and then the obvious guys like Sabonis and Fox and you know Barnes, whatever Holmes guys who they have under contract, you know. But outside of that, guys like Metu, Kata, Josh Jackson's not coming back. Um, freaking Justin Holiday, fuck Justin Holiday, dude. That's just, you know, Andy's like 32 or 33. Like that's, you talk about a dumpster fire, dude. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb too. Jeremy Lamb's expiring contract. Jeremy Lamb won't be back. Um, so outside of pretty much like we we're talking about, Jones, DiVincenzo, Mitchell, uh, and Lyles are your, you know, you have four bench guys. Um, 
you know, and you have six more guys to fill out the roster after that. But outside of that, dude, everybody else, those guys that I was saying at the bottom of the bench, Kata, Metu, Len, uh, all them guys, you know, you know, I, 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 I want Lyles, DiVincenzo, um, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, Hey guys, when you're watching the rest of the season, um, don't overvalue players, I guess, enjoy these last couple of games that we have. It's that's the thing that sucks, man, is, is that we're fans of the day. So we want to watch these games. You're always looking for these games. And when the off season comes, everyone can't wait for the regular season just to, you know, watch everything. So another blown season, worst run franchise and professional sports. That's going to be the title on this one, Ryan, screw it. They deserve it. So, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. We're pretty active on there. Um, if you want to support Kingscast, please slide down after the show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. We'll make sure to read that on the show. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. So, with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go, Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.